BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. Hey, it's Bill Press. You know, we put out our daily podcast for you every day. And if you've been listening, you know that that daily podcast condenses the whole two-hour live show down to just 40 minutes, which is good. But that means we usually can only give you a small piece of each guest's interview. And some of the terrific content from those guests just gets left on the cutting room floor. Well, not anymore. Our new weekly podcast called Extended Play features a full, unedited interview with one of our favorite guests from the previous week. We're doing that because the Bill Press shows where top newsmakers start their day, and we want to make sure you can enjoy as much of that as possible. Extended Play starts right now. We've got two of the leading journalists from Think Progress in this morning. Jack Jenkins, a senior religion reporter. Uh, Jack, nice to see you back. Glad to be here. Uh, and with uh, Jack, his colleague uh, and cohort with criminal justice issues at Think Progress, Karima Towns. Hi, Karima. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Thanks for having me. So um, it has been, what, two, three years now since uh, Eric Garner in New York, um, right? We saw that tragic case uh, in the video that came out, and you have discovered some new details about that case. Right. It's been about three years, right? Yeah, so he was killed on July 17th, 2014. 14, mm-hmm. yeah. And his, his was one of the cases that really got the police conversation or the conversation about police violence going. That 2014 was a really big year and because there was video of the encounter, his case became sort of one of the the, the symbolic cases that the country saw and discussed. Um so yeah, we and one of the saddest too. I can't was, breathe. I can't right. breathe. Yeah, right, remember. I, I think those that that really hit hit people hard. Um, it became it, a rallying cry at protests. People would chant, "I can't breathe." It was, it, I mean th- that video more than others. I think really yeah. struck a chord for a lot of people. You watched a man die. Mm-hmm. And not in a very quick way. It wasn't just like the cops had a moment of bad judgment and shot somebody and, oh, my God, this person is gone. Mm -hmm. You watch them slowly choke the life out of somebody. Right. 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 And that struck a chord with, like... Everybody. That to me was the video that was like, whoa. Right. And and one thing about his case too is, you know, a lot of these videos you sort of see like the immediate aftermath of it. So last year Philando Castile was shot in his car, but you didn't actually see the shooting. But with as you said, you saw the moments before the chokehold, um, you saw his conversation with several officers um, who had approached him in Staten Island. You saw him say, you know, like, please, you know, why do you keep harassing me? Like, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. So you saw it play out. And it was sort of the first time, I think, myself included, I think it's the first time a lot of people really saw what something like that looks like from start to finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. totally. And there's a, there's a moment in that video where he says, this ends today. 
uh, Gardner says that because mm-hmm. clearly this has been something that he's been mm-hmm. dealing with. And I think a, a lot of people who don't necessarily understand that struggle of what it's like to get harassed by police all the time really got some insight into that on uh, that video. Yeah. And before we get to the new stuff you've discovered, but and the chokehold was already outlawed had had been hadn't it by use use of it by police yeah so it's it's still technically legal in the state of new york but the practice was unauthorized it you know it was no longer a prohibit Mm. or yeah it was it was prohibited by the nypd at the time nypd yeah so that was part of this big that was a big aspect of the case is like not only had he died but he was killed with an illegal move or Illegal is a triggered term, but he was he was killed by an unauthorized move. Yeah, right. yeah. Prohibited by the NYPD. Yeah. Right. And, of course, though, uh, he was guilty. I mean, the, the public safety of New York, everybody in New York was threatened by the fact that, that he was committing such a serious crime, right? He yeah. He was selling cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. You know, just the worst thing you and, could And, and yeah. so, uh, to be clear, he was accused of selling cigarettes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. In, a, in the video, he says over and over, you know, like, I, I, I'm not selling anything. And and, and I, I, I do need to go back and, and look at the case from before. It's my understanding that he had been caught selling loose cigarettes in the past. And so, oh, when they yeah. got this call oh. that he was doing it, I think that they, not, I mean, not to justify anything that they did, but um, I think that's where the this ends today comes from. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, regardless of if he was or not, to have many, many officers jump on you for selling or allegedly selling cigarettes and then to die over something so mundane, mundane, so no, it's just it's it's such an arbitrary thing. Right. Right. And so in this pantheon of people that now whose names we all know from Trayvon Martin to Michael Brown to Tammy Rice, Eric Gardner is certainly one of them. What what right. new have you, looking into it, have come up with? So the officer who, who, who was involved, who, who did the chokehold, is um, Daniel Pantaleo, and he is an NYPD officer. And the one of the things that... Is, was. Is. is. He is. An, he is still... He, is, he has been taken off of the streets. He now has a desk job. But he is um, he is still employed by the NYPD, and he became uh, that action became a flashpoint because it says you know why should police officers be allowed to do this now? Uh, um, last year it came to light. Last year, year and a half ago, it came to light that he had had one previous infraction. This idea that um, he had during he he had stopped and um, used abusive power. Um, with someone, and they had they, they had uh, there had been this back and forth between what's called the Civilian Complaint Review Board or the CCRB and the NYPD, and the CCRB recommended because they're the ones who hear complaints about police officers. Mm-hmm. They recommended <laughs> that um, in this case um, that he should have had you know eight vacation days taken from him. Um, the NYPD oh, no, eight days taken from him. Period. The NYPD took only two vacation days. What we got for killing somebody, not for killing someone. This no, is this a was different, a complete. Oh, a different guy. I'm sorry. Guy. Okay. All so right. what ended up happening is we got from an anonymous source his entire disciplinary record, what appears to be his entire disciplinary record from the CCRB. Um, these are records that the CCRB and the um, City of New York currently are prohibiting um, journalists from accessing, um, and from lawyers from accessing as well. And what it revealed is that uh, in addition to before. Sorry, before his encounter with Aaron Garner, 
Daniel Pentaleo had seven different complaints made against him in the CCRB. Not just one, seven. 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 Yeah. Of those seven complaints, um, four ha- there were four substantiated allegations. That means that four times the CCRB said this happened, and they recommended charges, which is the highest form of police discipline, to the NYPD. Um, all of, and go ahead. just to be clear, they're not criminal charges. They can't recommend criminal charges before char- charges is like you said the the worst punishment mm-hmm. um, that it has the authority to recommend, and it can mean suspension, termination, lost vacation days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and to put that in perspective, um, only around five percent of NYPD officers have that many complaints, as many complaints as Pentaleo did before. He had his encounter with Garner and only two percent have as many substantiated allegations as he did before his mm-hmm. encounter with Eric Garner. So the question arises and what we spend a lot of time in the piece talking about is, you know, why was someone like this, a police officer like this on the streets? Were they being monitored? You know, should they have been should there have been um, harsher police discipline? Um, because the other thing, the subtext here is that the CCRB recommended charges. But that's not what the NYPD did in several instances. They they used lesser penalties for Pantaleo. Mm-hmm. All right. So of the four where they recommended, what happened to, to in all of these seven, particularly of the four, where they recommended charges? Was, uh, was he disciplined? So for, yes. For, for the case, for this case that he mentioned he was found guilty of one of the allegations but the other he was found he was cleared by the NYPD so what they did was they took away his two vacation days um, rather than looking at the CCRB's you know mm-hmm. recommendation and, and it was very clear that they wanted charges for both it was it was a stop and a uh, stop and is it the well, stop and frisk or the that stop was the and stop search? that was the stop were, and frisk were all of yeah. these seven uh, uh, complaints about abuse physical abuse Abuse of authority no. or no? Well, well, we don't know exactly what happened in these seven cases, right? That's what the documents don't reveal. They don't. The exact right. Okay. The case. So when it says abuse on the documents, it's an abuse of his power. So to be clear, the 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 four substantiated cases were for vehicle stops, a vehicle search, and then a regular stop and a regular search. But there are other allegations that weren't substantiated, and there's that's a kind of a whole other component of this, but. They were for physical force. Um, and again, you know, the CCRB did not find enough evidence to to verify that that's what happened. But there was an allegation that he hit somebody with an, an, an inanimate object. There was an allegation that he used some some other sort of physical force, an allegation. Um, was there another? Yeah, there was a third one. What I think it's important to note, though, at this point, is that so substantiated means that the CCRB said we have enough evidence. We we think this this happened, and we and there needs to be police discipline. Unsubstantiated doesn't mean not guilty mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. What unsubstantiated means is it becomes a he said she said between the officer and the the complainant. And so several of these are unsubstantiated, which doesn't necessarily mean they didn't occur. And to be fair, they may not have occurred. Right. Um, I, I think it's if anybody's going to go to the to complain about an NYPD officer, I don't think they would make that up. But in in his, I mean, in his defense, he but he might not have done it. Um, but at the end but, of the day, the raw pers- the raw number of complaints and the raw number of substantiated allegations puts him in a different category than the vast majority of NYPD. Well, officers. it also, it, as you point out, it certainly raises, uh, I think, two big questions. At least one is, 
Why was he on the streets still right. after mm-hmm. having seven complaints led, uh, you know, filed against him? Uh, and then two, why is he still on the force today uh, after what happened with Eric Garner? And the video doesn't lie. I mean, so. So I mean, they think and is different. there is there any can people file more complaints against him? Or what do you do about this? Is there any recourse? The public have any recourse? No. So, <laughs> so right, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so, so one thing that, that we didn't really get into in our piece because we, we we looked at some other the kind of the tricky legal battles with with him. Um, but the the New York Police Department or any any police department in the country, they have really really strong union representation. So, in a lot of these cases where we where we see something like this chokehold or we see somebody get shot on camera. The union representatives can step in and say, well, he's protected until he, he's just, you know, he has these protections. And so it's really hard to fight officers legally because they have reasonable doubt to, they have the benefit of, re, of reasonable suspicion, excuse me. So so, so somebody like this, you know, he's, he's on desk duty, which is sort of the way of saying, okay, we're going to investigate this. Um, but we can't really fire him because if they fire him, um, the union, the union, and it's the patrol, uh, the Patrolman Benevolence Association is is the represent. They they represent, I think, most of the NYPD officers, um, and because they're going to step in and say, whoa, 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 he was doing his job. So it's it's really hard to to oust anybody from any police department, let alone discipline them. Right. No. So it's now, sort of is, remarkable uh, that he uh, no, got his vacation days taken I, I, I away. Just, I just want to say, as a union man and a lifetime union member and proud of it, uh, that I, I've spoken before, and I'll say it again, you know, the police unions give us all a bad name, I think, because I've seen in every single case where the police officer from OJ on, right, has been accused of, and 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 there's no doubt that they've abused their power and their violence and and, and their the violent behavior. In every case, a police union always stands up and defends right. them. Always. Right. I've never seen them say that a police officer did anything wrong. And that's just that's just wrong. So I hear what you're saying, but, um, you know, it, 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 it. so this to me, the reason I was interested in this case and wanted to talk to you about it is that for a while there, it looked like we were, the entire country was really getting serious about police violence, police abuse, uh, and calling for some police departments across the land to do something about this. It looks like the wind has gone out of the sails right now, uh, and particularly with Barack Obama gone. You know, we're not going to see any leadership on this issue from the Trump White House. Do you think Jefferson Sessions is going to... (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, no. lead the fight no. for this. And I didn't think Obama, not. Obama didn't do enough. Eric Holder didn't do enough, as far as I'm concerned. But this administration will do even less. Right, and there's a there's a little bit of subtext here. Technically, the DOJ is still continuing the investigation right. into the Garner case. Um, they haven't halted it. Uh, however, Sessions has Yet. called uh, right. The, <laughs> Sessions has called and made it very clear that he's not a big fan of police audits um, of other police forces outside of the NYPD. The other subtext here that, that's interesting that we get into a little bit in the case, um, one of the other reasons that ac- the acquisition of this, these documents is telling uh, or is, is newsworthy in the city of New York is that last year um, and a little before last year, uh, after f- roughly 40 years of releasing um, public 
uh, information that included some disciplinary actions, the NYPD abruptly stopped. And the CCRB, which had started releasing the same kind of information we had in our files for a year or so, also abruptly stopped. That happened right before people started asking for Daniel Pantaleo's disciplinary records. Their reasoning is because of a civil rights law, 50A is the term, that, um, is the, the designation. They say that that law prohibits them from releasing this sort of information, the kind of information that would answer some of the questions mm. you just asked, like, what does this mean in context? How, why do officers get off like this? What is the actual, like, you know, the, there's this culture of secrecy around this information. Now, to be clear, they completely reversed course on this 50A law that's been on the books forever and are basically saying that they were in violation of the law for 40 years, the NYPD, <laughs> when yeah. they were releasing this information. Um, so the reversal is now a part of a lawsuit. The, the, there are several lawsuits to both mm. get the NYPD and the CCRB to release this information so that we can have a better vision of what police forces actually do. Why aren't people under you know, um, uh, more scrutiny if they screw up like this? Yeah. But, of course, I, I, in, in a true Trumpian fashion, I guess I have to point out that the real issue here is not what uh, Daniel uh, Pantaleo did, but who leaked the information to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I well, think that's, that's, the, that's it. I mean, I think, that's, uh, why aren't we talking about the leak? It, we talk about the yeah. leak. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. I think that. I think people in this, from you know, from our conversations, I think that people at the CCRB are really frustrated that they that they're prohibited from releasing information like this, and so I think whoever did leak, I mean, they didn't re reveal their identity to us. Um, we verified the, the documents with many different people, um, but whoever leaked it was frustrated. And I think they said, "Listen, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, this guy should not be on the force, or this, 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 these shouldn't be hidden from the public." Um, mm -hmm. And he got a raise last year, right? Yeah, so Leo got a raise. He got a raise. Oh, he did. Yeah. 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 Well, so for good, for good behavior. Yeah. I'm whoever sure, leaked, right? I think, is just you know a really frustrated bureaucrat. And and the the. Um, the what I'll, I'll also note that the the first one of the first statements in response to our story um, was the police union um, just taking the CCRB to task for saying that it clearly oh. can't run eff um, effectively as an organization. Be and again, trying to say, think about the leak. Um, the, oh, it, it was, yeah. the story was about the leak, not about the information within. So. So just to be clear, is the Pantaleo investigation, is this case still an open case or is it right now it is and technically um, huh? technically it is open um, sessions I I didn't see him say this myself but sessions did tell some civil rights um, folks that he would continue the investigation and I think there was a lot of concern because he said that he doesn't really support these investigations so as of right now it's open could change any minute he could actually follow through we don't know what's gonna happen um, so that's something definitely we should all be looking out for. Because I think this case, again, it's like, you know, he might not want to investigate some small local department um, in the, you know, the middle of Kansas. But the New York, uh, no. the, the well, MIPD is a big, it, it's a big deal. Yeah, and this case certainly got right. a lot of national attention. Mm -hmm. So I, I've lost track now. Is there investigation of Chicago wasn't it underway, finished, or where are you, they? You mean the the audit of the police department? Yeah, right. Yeah, so that finished. Um, the Trump team came in before uh, the city could enter a consent decree. So the investigation's done. All these findings have been published, but it's not clear what's going to happen with what with their findings. It's not clear if the if the C, the Chicago Police Department is going to have to make changes. Um, are there any other audits underway? They did one of 
Ferguson too. Ferguson, yeah. I mean, a lot of them have been closed. Um, I, to, I, I cannot yeah. remember off the top of my head all. Though I don't think I'm not sure any. I, I think New York was the one, the the other one that hadn't closed. So I think there are not any ongoing right now. I don't want to. Don't I, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there aren't any right now. And yeah. I don't expect there to be. And again, no, this is soon. not going to be a priority for right. Uh, right. Jeffrey Bogart. Jefferson I, Sessions. I, let, let us not forget, we haven't mentioned yet that, remember, Donald Trump did sign an executive order, the Blue Lives Matter executive uh-huh. order. So, like, he, he's clearly sending a message to police unions and police uh, or law enforcement uh, officers because they have been Trump's biggest supporters. Some of the Trump's yeah. biggest supporters. I mean, he ran on a you know tough on crime, yeah. very pro law enforcement campaign. And to be clear, like I don't think anybody is anti law enforcement. I think I mean no, of course not. I think no, no, we, no. there there is something to be said for you know making sure that they have adequate resources and making sure that they're trained. But at the same time, you know, in the same breath, he should be saying I'm pro law enforcement, but I'm also pro civil rights. Yeah. And what yeah. in, that, that what, is not a contradiction, right? It's not. It shouldn't no, be. No, it, it is be. now, but it shouldn't be. And, and one of the many conversations I've had uh, about in interviews that we had for the story included folks discussing that you know we have if a lawyer is disbarred, it's publicly available to know about their being disbarred. Mm. Um, if lawyers, I mean, sorry, uh, right. if doctors, you know, lose their license, yeah, that's yeah. information that is That's a very to the good public. point. Sure, um, but these are public servants. These are the people who we pay, and yep. they have yep. they have an, ama- like an extremely difficult job that they have to do every day. They put their lives on the line, but that doesn't mean that you're excused from scrutiny, especially when you're public servants of the public. And so, you know, you again, being pro law enforcement does not mean that you're also not good law enforcement management. And what seems to be the case of Pantaleo is that there was, you know, a, a, whether or not he was even under monitoring is unclear because there's a culture of secrecy around this sort of information. And I also want to add yesterday, you know, after this story broke, some reporters up in New York asked de Blasio, you know, for comment. Mayor de Blasio. And he said, Mayor de Blasio, yeah. And he said something to the effect of, this is a new NYPD. You know, the, 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 the current NYPD is a different NYPD than when um, Pantaleo was trained, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, just think about that. I'm not going to say anything. Just think about that. Right. And, and, the, and the other subtext there is that I mean, Pantaleo is still an NYPD employee. Like yes. it's, right. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, it can't be that different. <laughs> right. And he got a raise. Well, and he got right. a raise. And so they, they are they have instituted more different forms of training, but the city has. I mean, this is this is information that the city has had this entire time. Uh, so. And I don't know whether you looked at this or not, uh, but do you know whether the officer who shot and killed uh, Timur Rice is still on the job in Cleveland? Uh, I don't know. That is something that I should know. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. I'm pretty sure I'm, he was relocated. I think he's still a police exactly. officer. He's definitely still a police so officer. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> follow. There's so many cases to follow, which is no excuse. But I do. I he you know he got away with it, um, and I I doubt that he was fired. And if he yeah. was. He was probably racist. You can usually bet on that they weren't fired. Yeah, but I get like that's I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. That's really bad on my part. 
Well, we'll give you a, uh, a minute to redeem yourself here. Okay. <laughs> tell, tell us about this case in Milwaukee, a woman forced to give birth in shackles. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, I think everybody at this point has heard of Sheriff David Clark. He is the, sh- the sheriff of Milwaukee County. He's very pro-Trump. He's very pro-law enforcement. He's very anti-protesters, anti-really yeah. anything that's a- anyone anti or who's <laughs> opposed to the police in any way. Um, in addition to that... He oversees a a jail that has just had this spate of deaths that many of which were preventable. I mean, arguably all of them were preventable. Um, And so there's a there's a new lawsuit uh, by a woman who was shackled. um, She says, uh, like, you know, during labor, during prenatal care, during childbirth and then after. Um, and she filed a suit um, on behalf of anybody else in the jail who's gone through something like that. And there's upwards of like 40 people who, who might be added to the lawsuit. And the baby died in her case. No, so oh. in, that, in her case, oh. the, the baby Got lived. It. But in a case last year, the baby died. Yeah. Well, wow. boy, this is such an important field, such an important issue. And you guys are doing great work keeping on top of it. Keep it up. Thanks for coming in. Thank you so All much. Right. This is The Bill Press Show.